This podcast was recorded at Hartford Street Zen Center, East Sanji, in San Francisco. Please help support our temple by making a donation at hszc.org. Good morning. Today we have some uh, additional things to do, so uh, I, I won't uh, imprison you with a long talk. <clears throat> um, earlier it uh, occurred to me that um, Though it's a little tricky from a Buddhist point of view because of uh, the strength of our uh, attachment. But even so, I think we, we need to cherish our life. Each of us really needs to cherish their life. And in so doing, uh, we're actually cherishing all lives. Uh, maybe that doesn't make so much sense, but um, I think it's, it's so. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to hand out some sort of uh, inviolable truth. I'm just saying how it looks. So it's worth maybe from time to time asking, am I, am I cherishing my life? And uh, maybe I'm not sure. So then I can ask, um, if I were cherishing my life, what would that look like? And then sometimes maybe we will have the sense that actually, you know, I'm not cherishing my life. And then we can ask, okay, what do I need to do to um, establish myself in cherishing my life? I think uh, the experience of many people in recovery, of which I dare not speak very much because there are some experts around, but I think that that is kind of what's going on there. And please, please contradict me if that's not right, but uh, in the process of recovery, going from a place of actually not cherishing one's life to cherishing it again. And in our practice, we, um, we become more and more acquainted with the provisional and kind of artificial nature of the supposed boundaries that separate us. And as, as that process advances by itself, basically, you don't have to pursue anything there. Um, 
the sense of cherishing my life is cherishing all lives becomes stronger. And of course the tricky part is, well, what about attachment and clinging to this body and mind? It's like, well, kind of have to watch out for that. And um, it might be helpful to, to ask, it's okay to ask ourselves, am I, am I just kind of uh, enhancing my attachment to this body-mind? And you know, looking at the answer, and maybe sometimes you'll feel like, well, no, not really, I'm, I'm doing my best. And other times it's like, well, maybe when I was, I was uh, using pretty heavily, maybe then I was actually embodying attachment to this body-mind. So I, I just thought I'd share that this morning. I hope that maybe it's actually encouraging to think that to uh, care for just this person is in an important sense caring for everybody and that you will, you will eventually see that uh, dy dynamic. And, uh, uh, speaking of attachment to uh, this life, today we're um, honoring the, um, uh, or anyway, one traditional uh, date for the uh, Parinirvana of Shakyamuni Buddha. Um, it's a uh, very popular theme in Buddhist art. In, certainly in East Asia and elsewhere. And um, uh, very often uh, the artistic renderings show Buddha lying down as the statue there uh, on our altar uh, in the lion's pose, lying on his right side as, as he uh, was passing away. Um, and um, there are disciples around, and many of them are weeping, you know, rivers of tears. And in, uh, I think both the, um, the, uh, the Theravada uh, version of that story and the Mahayana version, Shakyamuni uh, actually uh, uh, remonstrates with them and says, you know, stop this crying. You know? Haven't you been listening to my teaching? <laughs> There's nothing to cry about. And they cry anyway, because that's our human way. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so um, after the talk, uh, we'll just have this uh, short ceremony. Uh, and everyone's invited to stay. It's uh, not complicated. We just chant the uh, Heart of Great Compassion mantra and make some offerings. And then the uh, doan will uh, recite a particular dedication. For a, uh, a temple to be, uh, you know, to have some vitality and, and to be really functioning in this uh, tradition, uh, it's important to observe some of these days. And, uh, you know, we haven't always done so. And I, 
I, I must take responsibility for that. Sometimes certain key persons are not available and so forth, but uh, we'll, we'll try to uh, observe the main um, uh, days. And uh, there are, well, I didn't actually count them, but the, probably the most prominent ones are the Enlightenment Day and uh, Buddha's birthday. And then uh, Parinirvana is there, and then um, we should probably do Mahapajapati's uh, uh, memorial, she being Buddha's aunt, as you may recall, uh, and the Bodhidharma ceremony, and uh, Dogen's uh, birthday is one of our favorites. Um, and there's some others, actually there are quite a few others. If you look at the uh, Soto Zen owner's manual, it's like full of all of this stuff in, in quite incomprehensible Japanese words. It's like, what's, what ceremony is that? I don't know. So if you're in a, a monastery in Japan, you spend a lot of time preparing for these various special days. Um, but um, for good or bad, we don't have that inheritance. So. Um, so I, I wanted to read, um, or I don't know, maybe someone else would like to uh, read this uh, section from the Mahaparinibbana uh, Sutta, the, uh, the Pali version of Buddha's death, um, which is a nice kind of lead into this s ceremony. Uh, it's not very long, just a few paragraphs. Would anybody like to read it? Somebody have a stentorian voice or an angelic voice. I, I, uh, I don't mind reading it, but I get choked up, which is sort of embarrassing. So oh, will, you, will you please yeah, would you pass that around? Just the uh, part that uh, has the uh, yellow border. And um, you know what they say, uh, we should listen to Dharma like a deer listening in the forest. So, so we can uh, kind of uh, sit in Zazen. Now, thus have we heard. Then the Lord addressed the monks, saying, It may be, monks, that some monk has doubts or uncertainty about the Buddha. Maybe a little louder? I'm sorry. The Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, or about the path or the practice. Ask, monks, do not afterwards feel remorse, thinking, The teacher was there before us, and we failed to ask the Lord face to face. At these words, the monks were silent. The Lord repeated his words a second and a third time, and still the monks were silent. Then the Lord said, Perhaps, monks, you do not ask out of respect for the teacher. Then, monks, let one friend tell it to another. But still they were silent. And Venerable Ananda said, It is wonderful, Lord. It is marvelous. I clearly perceive that in this assembly there is not one monk who has doubts or uncertainty. You, Ananda, speak from faith. But the Tathagata knows that in this assembly there is not one monk who has doubts or uncertainty about the Buddha, the Dhamma, or the Sangha, or about the path, or the practice. Ananda, the least one of these 500 monks is a stream winner, incapable of falling into states of woe, certain of Nibbana. Then the Lord said to the monks, Now, monks, I declare to you, all conditioned things are of a nature to decay, 
Strive on untiringly. These were the Tathagata's last words. Then the Lord entered the first jhana, and leaving that, he entered the second, the third, the fourth jhana. Then leaving the fourth jhana, he entered the sphere of infinite space, then the sphere of infinite consciousness, then the sphere of no-thingness, then the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception, and leaving that, he attained the cessation of feeling and perception. Then the Venerable Ananda said to the Venerable Anaruta, Venerable Anaruta, the Lord has passed away. No, friend Ananda, the Lord has not passed away. He has attained the cessation of feeling and perception. Then the Lord, leaving the attainment of cessation of feeling and perception, entered the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception, from that he entered the sphere of no-thingness, the sphere of infinite consciousness, the sphere of infinite space. From the sphere of infinite space he entered the fourth jhana, from there the third, the second, and the first jhana. Leaving the first jhana, he entered the second, the third, the third, the fourth jhana. And leaving the fourth jhana, the Lord finally passed away. No, thank you. Um, one uh, detail, it says they're, um, I think they're using the expression uh, cessation of feeling. Is that right? That's what it said. That's a little bit misleading. It's like the cessation of sensation. Okay. Are there any um, in the assembly who have um, doubts or questions? Uh, please feel free. Yes. I just wonder <coughs> what it means that the Buddha goes all the way to the penthouse. Right. And then comes down all the way to the bottom and then goes up again. Right. And then that's it. Yeah. So what's that about? Well, um, uh, it's kind of an illustration of the fact that uh, Shakyamuni learned the, these various transic practices from others uh, who were teaching in his day and found them, you know, not all that necessarily useful, interesting, and uh, an interesting way to examine uh, human experience and life, but in terms of actual liberation, not that useful. So all he did was, you know, do this little exercise as a kind of uh, a warm-up for his great leap. And then um, he returned to uh, the place of equanimity, that's all. And that's enough. I guess I would say that's how it looks to me. Yes? When I heard that, I thought, oh, that's how bodies die. I mean, as human mm. bodies, mm. there's a process and it often looks like we Right, and, and then back and forth, and it can be that sort of liminal state of in and out of the threshold, right? Priming for that leap. But I actually had a question from the first part of the talk, and thank you for your talk. Uh -huh. um, 
in cherishing this life, I um, spoke very briefly about clinging, but how do we sort of avoid the trap of selfishness and greed of this is my life and mm-hmm. my resources mm-hmm. and my time and my space yeah. and, and, and come to a place where that cherishing of right. this life is cherishing all of well, uh, I, I would say that the, um, the great medicine for that is Buddha Dharma, because the more you see that there's nothing there you can grasp, the less you're inclined to have that reaction. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that times when I have um, been uh, intent on uh, anesthetizing myself, from my experience, those are like my most selfish times. So giving that up was a big help. Uh, but you know, I can still feel the kind of the tug of that tide sometimes. Wouldn't it be nice just to sort of go and turn it off? You know? So well, at least there's sleep. You know? So. Anything else? Um, strictly speaking, I should uh, go put on some little white socks to do this ceremony. Uh, unless you'd like to do it. Would you like to be doshi? You're welcome to, if you want. Sure. Okay. You don't have to put on little white socks. Um, you have them though, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll skip the socks. So. Um, <laughs> We'll just, uh, I'll just do my bows and then um, step out for a minute and then put the zendo back together and then we'll do our short ceremony. Okay, all right, thank you very much. <laughs>